0: Hello and welcome to a special series of Be Positive, Shoot Negative podcasts. Our guest this week is Madison Beach. I'm doing a special on this amazing photographer in person to discuss many things about film photography and her newly released zine. In episode one, we will discuss the process of making and designing the scene, as well as her process as an artist. Let's hop right into part one. Hello. Hi, how are you?
1: I'm not too bad. Can you hear me Okay.
0: Yeah, I can hear you perfectly.
1: Cool. I've been having some trouble with Zoom.
0: Yeah, it's sometimes kind of spotty. Well, good morning. Well, no, it be good afternoon for you, right?
1: Well, it's actually my morning. I worked a night shift, so I've just woken up.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I literally woke up like 30 minutes ago, too. So I was like... Yeah. Um, all right. So, like, in your street photography... um. Is there like a difference in what you're like looking for when you're shooting black and white or color film?
1: Um, I think it's pretty interesting because this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently. Um, I've gone back to shooting black and white, which I haven't done on a regular basis for like years. I've been shooting a lot of Ilford HP5 and I'm definitely more instinctive when it comes to black and white. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm like focusing on light and tonal contrasts. Um, And my main aim is just to document, whereas with color, I'm looking more at like the whole scene with a bit of a different eye. So I'm looking out for the color palette and if I like how it works with the light. So I'm definitely more instinctive and more enjoying black and white recently.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like how I am. I was like, I started shooting because I got a Mamiya 645 and I started running like a lot of rolls of color film through it. And then I had my Canon A1 and I was like, oh, I have this. I have a couple rolls at Ilford and I ran like two rolls for it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go buy a brick of Ilford and just shoot that for a while.
1: Yeah, like I've just bulked for a load at Ilford. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Your zine, A Return to London, is like one of the best design zines I've seen in a while. Where did the inspiration come from when you were designing it?
1: Well, first of all, super kind. (laughs) don't know if I agree, but thank you. Um, I don't know if it came from anywhere specific, but I was talking my idea through of focusing on London with my housemates, and it just became really clear that it's got a huge sentimental value to me, as well as being, like, an amazing place for street photography. Like, I don't know if you've been, but, like on every corner something's happening. Um, But it's also like where I went on loads of day trips as a kid, where I did my MA, where I got my first job. And so I really wanted that personal connection to come through and I keep everything. Like I can't store everything, but like cinema tickets, train tickets, you name it, I keep it. Um, It's a bit of a problem. Um, And to begin with, I actually like included way more in the zine, like it was almost just like all stuff I've collected, but then I realized The focus is the images so i kind of scaled it down a bit i refined it a bit more um and i think i just wanted to create like a visual journal and documentation of london and that definitely like helped me do that including those sort of objects
0: yeah i've already pre-ordered mine and i can't wait (laughs) can't wait to get it (laughs) they're being Um,
1: sent out next week i'm so excited
0: yeah i'm i'm excited i can't wait for it to get over um the the process of making a zine is really hard uh, what has been the most challenging things for you when making your zine, as well? What has been the most rewarding?
1: Yeah, like this is my first proper zine. I made one for my project,
0: yeah. um,
1: for my MA project last year. But this is the prof, like the real deal. That one I made in like two weeks because I got the deadline wrong and it was a complete panic. So this one I actually had time to rethink it through. But I think that almost caused me to overthink it more. So I don't know if that was actually a good thing. And I'm not very good at curating my own work. Yeah. I'm really good like I love to give other people feedback, constructive feedback on their images. But when it comes to my own work, I I second guess it a lot. Um so the hardest thing was probably the self-doubt, aside from like, will anyone even want one in the end? <laughs> like, which is always there. It's like Will they look at it and be like, this image pairing is more obvious. She should have sequenced it this way. And then because I put it together during lockdown, like I normally have all my photography peers give me their opinions and I really trust their opinions, but cause they couldn't come and see it. Like I send them photos, but yeah. I print everything out. Like it's on all my walls. I really like it to be tactile and I like to move stuff around and not having them there was really difficult. Um, But my family and friends were really super helpful with their opinions because I could see them. So that was great. Um, And then the most rewarding part was probably when I got the proofs through the post. Because normally I'm so like, I overthink everything, but I actually just really like them. (laughs) There's a few things I'm definitely going to change for the actual thing. Um, But generally I was super happy with it. And then like the support of the pre-order has just been like completely overwhelming and not expected.
0: How many people like pre-ordered?
1: Um, so we've just hit 200 at the moment.
0: Oh, congrats.
1: Um, and my aim, well, I told everyone my aim was 20, which wasn't true. My aim was actually 50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I worked it out and I was like, as long as I cover the cost of making it and all that, I'll be fine. But deep down, I was like, oh, like I like it. And I put a lot of effort in and I want people to see it. So when I hit like 50, I was just like over the moon.
0: Yeah. And then now you're at 200. So congratulations. Me,
1: every time I get one, I'm like, oh, I'm so happy.
0: Yeah. Um, is there a favorite image of yours that you have in your zine?
1: Um, there is a one of punks in Camden, where they're sort of like, I think I might have included it on my YouTube video. I'm not sure, um, where they're all like lying on the floor. They're all dressed up, swearing, and all this sort of stuff. And this is the oldest photo in the zine. I took this about five years ago. Um again, it's super sentimental for me. It was the first time I'd gone to London with the pure intention of just shooting street photography. And when I got that shot, like, it's like when you get a bit of a dopamine hit, like, you know, you like it, you've got something you like. And it's so hit miss street photography, like, it's so true. When people are like, oh, it's 99% failure. Like, yeah, it, re- it really is. Like, I share probably like, two percent if that of my work when it comes to street photography
0: um
1: so I just remember that day super clearly and I remember getting that shot and I was like okay I made the right decision to come up to London spend my money and you know just give it a go uh
0: you've recently completed your master's in photojournalism and documentary photography at UAL Uh, how has your education helped you in your street photography
1: um I weirdly I actually don't think it has directly affected it because I went in there with my street photography projects and the first thing they said is like, oh, we encourage you not to do street photography on this course. And I was like, oh, great. I wish I knew that. Um, but it was just they wanted you to learn how to do like a, a long term project, how to plan it, how to execute it, which is actually really handy as I've never done that before. Um, but I guess I think the theory probably subconsciously affected my street photography and I probably did implement techniques I wouldn't have otherwise done like moving portraits I learned about those they're really cool I haven't actually made a YouTube video on those I might do that um <laughs> but yeah probably subconsciously it's probably influenced me more than I think
0: yeah uh, your street photography has like a Vivian Meyer Bill Cunningham aesthetic uh to your work uh where do you draw most of your inspiration from
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm aiming there. Um, they are two really big inspirations to me. I love Vivian's work. Um, Elliot Irwin is a big influence for me. I love his stuff and him and Vivian's photo books are probably the ones I go to most if I'm lacking inspiration. Um, but to be honest like I probably rely on YouTube more, more than traditional formats. Like it reminds me when I was younger like I can't skate I'm awful but my friends who skate they'd watch like skate videos and they get all hyped up to go out and skate it's like that with me and I'm watching these YouTube videos like all the big ones you know like your joker is and all that um yeah. so yeah I probably rely on YouTube more than I think to be inspired
0: yeah that's like how I am it like um I don't know if you've ever heard of Bray Hunziker uh, he he's is like, like
1: a- yeah, one of my... Fa- you done a podcast with him, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: I did. a. Yeah. He actually got me back into film photography. So, like, I haven't done any film photography for, like, a year and a half. And then, like, one of his videos popped up in early March. And I was like, okay, this camera's collecting dust. Let me go on. And then ever since that, I've been, like, constantly just shooting film.
1: He is like, my favorite. I discovered him in lockdown. And then I just had his videos on repeat. Like, I absolutely love his work.
0: Yeah, it's really breathtaking how he's able to do a lot of his uh, work. Uh, What were some of your most memorable moments with like a camera in hand throughout the years?
1: This is actually something I've been thinking about a lot recently. And I watched a Matt Day video about how to be present. And it's something I definitely need to get better at. I need to balance experiencing moments with actually documenting them. Like I love photography. But i don't want to be living through the lens which i think i'm definitely guilty of like the last couple of years especially with the youtube channel like i'm always wanting to make videos and then like if i'm you know if i'm busy with someone's birthday or whatever i'm like i don't want to be documenting it for the sake of youtube but at the same time i want to keep up the momentum yeah. um, so i think the probably the most memorable moments are the ones where they i didn't really seek them out they just unfolded like one what comes to mind is when i went to london with my cousin a few years ago well, probably more than that. We were quite young, so it was like the first time we were trusted to go to London on our own and we were super yeah. excited and we'd done a load of shopping or a load of stuff we shouldn't have. We just had a great time, spent loads of money, of our parents money, Um, and we didn't really do any photography. But then on the way back to the train station, we just stumbled across a protest. I think it was like anti-austerity or something. Um, And it was the first time I felt like a need to document something. And also I learned the importance of why I'm documenting it, the ethics as well it was the first time I ever even considered ethics when it comes to street photography, which I think is super important um, and just being connected with the world around you. So I think that was probably my, I wouldn't say epiphany, that's a bit dramatic, but like that was my turning point when I realized like photography can have an impact. And then with social media, it can just snowball. So like, yeah, being more intelligent with my process and what I photograph. So that's probably like the standout moment for me.
0: Um, How did your YouTube channel start? Like what were your visions when starting out? And do you have anything big planned for in the future for your YouTube channel?
1: I had like no visions at all. (laughs) So like I was living in Bangladesh and I came back like in the middle of Christmas and just had like a personal crisis. I'd like no money, no job. I'd come from like this incredible country where everyone was super generous. And then I came and it was like the middle of Christmas and I was just overwhelmed. And I was like, right, well, I've got nothing to do. I don't know what I want to do. I'm going to make one video a week just to give me like focus. And I was actually doing it on Vimeo. Um, and then they changed the plan on Vimeo and you had to like pay and I'm not gonna pay to upload my own stuff. So then that's why I started uploading to YouTube. And then, I mean, I got like no views for like a year. Um, But it just really gave me that focus. So I've actually never really had a vision of what I wanted to do. Maybe I think it's going more to the side of like teaching. I enjoy the academic side of photography. Um, But then I have got two projects currently, um, which I'm super excited for. So one is based more on the practical side of photography and then one is more based on the theory side and I've just started shooting for one of those so I'm really excited for that and I want to collaborate more that's my number one goal is maybe not this year but next year meet up and do more collaborations
0: yeah um so we just got to the quick section of questions Uh-oh. yeah okay so favorite film camera
1: this is so stereotypical but it is an rz67 <laughs>
0: I can't
1: lie
0: Favorite black and white film stock
1: Um, Ilford I like HP5 and their ortho films
0: Uh, Favorite photographer of all time
1: My favorite photographer changes Like on a daily basis (laughs) Uh Um, But I think at the moment Laura Panic is amazing Her portraits are incredible And I'm always kind of drawn to photographers Who make work where I could never even dream Of creating that sort of thing And her, yeah, they're just stunning. I love pretty much all her work.
0: Uh, Your most favorite picture you've ever taken?
1: Oh my god, this again changes like all (laughs) the time. Um, On a personal note, there is one I took of my family um, at Christmas. And it's just the most, I don't know, it just captures my family perfectly. It's not aesthetically pleasing at all. But for me, when I look at it, I love it. And then probably aesthetically pleasing... Oh, was when I done the photo walk. I done a Metropolis photo walk in London, and I got this guy. It's in the zine, I think. Yeah, it's in the zine of this guy doing a wheelie on his bike. And I'm normally shocking at all things sports and sports photography, but like I got it, and I was just so happy when I saw it come through. So that's my most recent favorite photo, I think. Yeah.
0: A uh, favorite color film stock.
1: <sighs> I'm so. Oh, actually, I was gonna say portrait, Lomo <laughs> 800. I shot Uh, it for the first time recently and I've loved it and I've just shot it again at night for the first time and that's my new go-to.
0: The Lomo 800, you did a video on it and I'm like every time I look to go and like get it because like Portra is expensive so I looked at it and it's always sold out so I'm like...
1: Yeah, I'm super lucky. Someone sent me a roll in the post. which is really great, but now I've used that up, so I can't get any, like, here at all. And then, like, the shipping cost is just insane. So I don't actually know when I'll shoot it again. I don't know if that adds to the magic of it, that you can't even shoot the film. Um, But, yeah, no, Lobo 800 is my new favorite 800 film.
0: Um, Why do you shoot film over digital?
1: I get asked this all the time. Um, And I never have a proper answer. I think it's just the process. I like the tactile nature of it like the images are almost like a byproduct of like the process. I love being in a dark room. I love the physicality of it. I think that's it. I think it's probably the physicality and the slowing down and also like the connection to, you know, the history of photography to think that's what people shot. Um, Yeah, so probably physicality is the main reason I do it.
0: Favorite drink.
1: My favorite drink? Yes. As in alcoholic drink? Well,
0: (laughs) yeah, you could do alcoholic or non.
1: Well, that's where my mind goes straight away. Um, <laughs> I um, I love a rum and coke.
0: Nice. Uh, yeah. Landscapes or portraits?
1: Portraits.
0: And how many cameras do you currently own?
1: I recently watched Do You Know Ribs in London. He's a no,
0: really good... I'll check him yeah. out.
1: Yeah, on YouTube. He's a really good photographer. He recently done a video where he was like, oh my god, I've got 19 cameras. And I was like, oh. Um, so I counted and I've got 25 at the moment. Okay. Um, mo- most of them are like thrift stores, so like uh, $3.99, $4.99. Um, And I probably use three of them, which is really bad. So yeah, I'm going to get rid of some, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, I know some people that have a lot more than just 27. So
1: Right, when he said that, like, oh my God, I've got 19. I was like, oh, I didn't know that was meant to be bad.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's that's all the questions. I really want to thank you a lot for coming on. No worries. The time difference was a little hard to plan out, but thank you very much. I really appreciate it.
1: That's okay. I really enjoyed any sort of things. so thank you.
0: I had a fantastic conversation with Madison. I knew that I wanted to do a two-part special on her and highlight her new zine we have some information on her two new projects that she mentioned that we will be discussing in the next part as well as what the zine mentor after it's gonna finally be in people's homes join me next week with part two and stay safe out there